Hey guys, welcome to Friday's edition of the Footy Social Club podcast. Only one day till the Premier League's back and I can't wait. Um, joining me to discuss this weekend's fixtures, I've got Steve, Gaz, Matt and in the studio with me, Ryan. Um, great podcast boys on Wednesday, plenty of uh, good debate and very excited to discuss all the fixtures today. Um, we'll kick straight off Palace versus Fulham. Matt Palace at home, a bit unlucky against Villa last week. How do you see this one going, mate? Yeah, Palace are, are fairly solid at home. I thought they were very unlucky against Villa and probably should have won it, Ryan. Um, I think they're going to beat Fulham. Fulham did not look good against Luton at the weekend. I think that's probably the best Luton have played. Uh, Fulham just looks shaky. So I see this as a, as a Palace win. Fulham might nick a goal, but probably something like a 2-1 to Palace, I reckon. Yeah, I'm I'm looking after Fulham this week. I tend to agree. I watched the Fulham Luton game, um, and they didn't really thrill me, considering the types of flair players they've bought in. Probably a little bit of a, a bedding in process going on at Fulham with some of those later signings. I tend to agree. I think Palace will probably win this one. They're very very good at Sellers Park. On to our next fixture of the weekend: Luton at home to Wolves. Now, Steve. Luton have got to start getting points sooner rather or later. Chance here against another team that's sort of struggling. How, how do you see this one going, mate? Yeah, I think they've got, they've got to start to get points on the board. This next three games, they've got Wolves, Everton and then Burnley. So they definitely, yeah. definitely need... This is a big period for them. Three games where they could get themselves nine points or possibly no points, but at the end of the day, they need to get points on the board in this in this process. Um, I thought they were a bit unlucky on, on, on Saturday. I thought that um, Bell and Brown should have both scored when they had clear chances in front of goal, clear chances. So they were a bit unlucky against Fulham and probably deserved to get at least a point. So I just think that going up against Wolves, another tricky side, I think that's going to be personally a 1-0 win to Wolves. Yeah, no, fair enough. Gaz, Wolves were chalk and cheese against Liverpool last weekend. Very, very good in the first half. Could have been 2-0 up before Liverpool got back into it. Um, think they'll they'll take all three points at Luton or or, or not? Yeah, uh, going to take all three points. I, th- I agree with Steve. I think it's going to be 1-0. I think it'll be close. Um, I mean, Luton, they're just not going to get that. They're going to get on the scoreboard. But I think, yeah, Neto is looking really, really good for... Um, uh, Wolves, if they've just got no one that can score goals. Uh, I think he's got like four assists already this season, that Neto. And from some of my uh, friends, uh, uh, big Wolves fans, uh, the, you know, they, they rave about him and, you know, they're, they're going to say, well, hopefully they're worried about keeping him, but um, they reckon he could be going if, if if things don't buck up soon. But yeah, 1-0 Wolves. Yeah, OK, fair enough. Ryan, another session back in the studio, mate. Always good. City, I mean, sitting comfortably top of the league already, mate. At home to Forest this weekend. Any thoughts, any predictions that are going to be different from what everyone expects? Oh, yeah, Forest are going to win 3 0. <laughs> <laughs> what, what can you say? They're just, I, I thought they were relatively ordinary in the first half against West Ham. And they came out in the second half and just turned it on. And I don't expect anything different this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Look, Forest are not that great away from home. I know they picked up a win against Chelsea, but they're not that great away from home. Um, I think City could win this three or four nil 
comfortably. Sorry, Forest fans. Um, it'll be back to focusing on home form for you guys, but you'll be very safe throughout the season. Matt, Brentford, very unlucky against Newcastle last weekend with the dubious penalty, mate. Um, they're at home against Everton, possibly a new manager being rumoured in Graham Potter going there. But, I mean, Everton are a rudderless ship. But, mate, how do you see Brentford going at home? Yeah, I, I think you called it. They were unlucky against Newcastle. They've got so much going forward. Everton, even though they've got Babetto, as, as, as Gaz calls him, they just haven't got enough. It's going to be a win for Brentford. And I think it could be one of the final nails in the coffin for, for Deitch. However, I don't think, you know, there's this talk of Potter going there. I don't think that's going to keep them up either. I just think Everton are destined to go down this season. And this is just going to be another one of those results where they would have hoped to have got a win, but they're just, they're just going to lose. Gaz, you live up that way, as, as the listeners and we all know, um, secretly love Everton and Liverpool both as much as Spurs. Um, <laughs> you know, you weren't that impressed last weekend. How do you see this one? Uh, yeah, it depends if Dominic Calvin-Lewin plays, because I think he's absolutely useless. Um, you know, uh, I think um, Dan Juma um, looked very good, and obviously that Beto up front looks very good. Uh, and, I, and I think they're going to be all right, actually. I think it's going to be closer than what people think. I'm going to go with a score draw. I think um, it kind of 1-1. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely getting a little bit more organised. Um but uh, yeah, as long as Dominic Cavaloon doesn't play, it's easy to see that go. Burnley, Steve, looking to pick up on you know a positive result last week. They're at home to Manchester United this weekend. How do you see Burnley going? Yeah, they were a lot, lot better against Forest. Um, obviously, the company's been trying to bed in a bed in a side um, during the season. He's he put Brownhill back in the in the centre midfield alongside Sander Burge and I just thought that made a, a lot a difference they looked a lot stronger and a lot better um, bit unlucky with Lowell Foster although I say unlucky but he was just stupid what a silly silly thing to do in the sort of 89th minute of the game to get sent off um, they'll obviously have to rely on Amandomi up front um, who actually looks a reasonable player um, I actually think they could get something out of this game I'm going to go for a 2-1 Ooh, to Burnley. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Not 2-1 United and Burnley getting a goal. That's not something they're going to go for. 2-1 nah. win at home. Yeah, look, it's a tough place to go, Turf more in recent years in the Premier League. So you never know. Matt, the resident Manchester United fan and Eric Ten Hag lover. Um, how are uh, Manchester United going to fare up at Burnley? I mean, this is just a little trip up the road for them. And then get pie and mash on the way home. Yeah, true. I mean, look, you talk about Eric Ten Hag lover. Obviously, I'm I'm kind of going for the Eric Ten Hag look as well, <laughs> the, the bald head and the beard. Um, I, I, that's shocking, Steve. Two one to Burnley. It's going to be at least three one, mate. <laughs> Not two one. I I think we might eke out a result in this. T the tables have got to turn at some point, and where better to do it than Turf Moor? That, yeah, Christian, you're right. Turf Moor was a bit of a fortress for Burnley in a championship, but not so much in the Premier League this season. I think it'll be the other way around. I reckon it'd be 2-1 to United. Okay. That takes us on to the game of the weekend. The North London derby. Look, it goes without saying, Arsenal are going to spank Spurs. 
Um, <laughs> we're we're going to teach him a lesson. I'm that confident. I don't need to say too much. Come on, let's not bring it home. Gaz, go on. Yeah, uh, going to be a great game, as we can all see. It's going to be a cracker. Um, 2 2. Score draw, Desmond. Bottler. You bottler. Just like Spurs. Bottle job. No, I think, I think, I think if it was in the lane, I, I think we'd beat you for sure. Uh, well, they knocked that down. But uh, I'm going to go 2 2. 2 2. Yeah. Goals. 2 okay. 2. Absolute bottle job. But I can't wait. It's going to be Absolute bottle job. Um, Brighton at home to Bournemouth. I'm not going to try and predict what starting team Deserby is going to pick because I got it completely wrong. Last Does it week. matter? <laughs> no, clearly not. Clearly not. But they're not playing United this week, so they might have to try a bit harder. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see anything outside of a, a home a home win. I know it's a a South Coast derby, but Brighton, Brighton, they're plug and play. I think that's been mentioned many times and that's exactly what they are. So they win. I'm going to say that Bournemouth are going to get a result because Brighton are playing in Europe this week. So I'm going to say that Bournemouth are going to snatch a cheeky little draw from a little tired Brighton side. And I'm going to go one, one. I guess we'll see. Steve. Chelsea, we covered them, mate, in the week in, in a great podcast. Thank you very much for all of your analysis on that. Um, they're at home to Ryan's Villa, who lose to all the big six clubs, don't they? So, um, Steve, how are Chelsea going to do this week? It's probably a good job that Chelsea aren't a big six club now, then, from the sound of that. So, Take the words <laughs> right out of my mouth, mate. Thank you. <laughs> top, they're a top 12 side now, Christian. Um, <laughs> It, it depends what Poch does, I think. At the end of the day, he still seems to be tinkering. And, I mean, we know we had, obviously, Ranieri, the tinker man, but is Pochettino starting to be the, the tinker man? Because he's tried a three at the back, he's tried a four at the back, he's tried dropping his, his vice-captain and leaving him out. He's, it, it depends on what Chelsea turn up. I personally think that if Villa travel OK in their European thing and come back OK, that it could be a Villa win this. They won here last season, and I do think that possibly a very similar result. Chelsea can't seem to score. They're obviously waiting for Nkuku to come back from his from his, from his injury, which obviously will take a little while. Um, two 0 to Villa. Ryan, are you brave enough to put your balls on the line, or are you going to run seal them on the fence? Well, to be honest, I thought Steve was going to run seal them because he was like, <laughs> it depends what Poch does. Chelsea can't score, and we offer a threat in every game, except Liverpool um, and Newcastle. No, we, we offer we a threat there. We just <laughs> we also let them run through our defence, which wasn't wasn't the best plan. I, I don't think there's anything to worry about going to Stamford Bridge at the moment. They look pretty toothless up front, and they don't look great at the back. So, as you rightly say, Steve, as long as we can manage the travel to Poland. And come back. If we play anywhere near our, our potential, we win that game. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a brave call. I will, I will reference, and Gaz doesn't like this, I will reference we are fourth on the form table for 2023. <laughs> why, wouldn't, why would I be worried about going to the team that's 16th? And only seven wins yeah, We're literally looking at the fact that they're called Chelsea. Their results <laughs> yeah. this season have been shocking. Belgian... Um, uh, 
Virgin European football, when you when you first get brought to European football after such a long period of time, they don't know what a hangover is, a European, European hangover. Yeah. Villa will have a European hangover. There is no chance they'll take anything from Chelsea weekend. That's a good job that we've got a manager who knows how to win in Europe, man. Unlike yours, who lost every Champions League game last season. So <laughs> let us know you get on with that. How, who are you playing in Europe this week, Gaz? Who have you got in Europe? <laughs> Next. Who have you got in the League Cup, Gaz? Oh, we're, having, we're having a year off from that. Oh, taking a year. Don't want to win trophies. Oh, oh, no, don't, don't, don't. Also, also, yes, yeah, the smallest room at the stadium, it's just a little broom cupboard. There's nothing in it. Um, Obviously, Matt's also got in the post to you, Gaz, a lovely tin of red Ron Seal fence paint because you sat on one this week. Well, um, <laughs> it's in the post on its way to you. Matt's put it out, sitting on the fence, Spurs, Arsenal. Right, I'll come to you, Liverpool at home. Um, podcast is out discussing Liverpool's midfield and, you know, where they probably need to go, mate. Um, home to West Ham. Thoughts on where this one might go? Well, as I, as I mentioned, Liverpool's form, they've flown a bit under the radar, 16 unbeaten. That would normally be contending for a title type form. I think it should be a home win. It should be a banker of a home win, as long as they don't play McAllister in the holding midfield role, because he was shocking. against. Wales. I don't get that. He's not been a holding midfielder for Brighton. He, every time he had the ball, he got pickpocketed. And as soon as he got taken off the pitch, they looked a completely different team. So... I don't know where the thinking was with that, but yeah, as long as he doesn't play as a in that defensive midfield role, I only see Liverpool winning. Matt, how impressed have you been with James Ward-Prowse this season? Scored again last weekend. They travel to Liverpool. What do you think might happen? Yeah, I've I've said this in previous parts. I think he is one of the shrewdest bits of business that's been that was done in in the summer transfer window absolutely genius and it's it's a travesty that he's not in the england team and i know you know you guys have done separate pods on on southgate and how he's picking teams he should be in there somewhere he's been brilliant i think look both liverpool and west ham have at times in matches looked very very dangerous um liverpool i think nine of their 13 points have come from games where liverpool have been behind um so that's you know that's that's a really dangerous team that consistently does that yes they may not start games really well but they know how to bloody finish them i think it'll be a similar thing here i think west ham are playing back a topola or some someone during the week in uh in europe but i think they'll start strong against liverpool but then liverpool will will wipe them out towards the end of the game and it could be another two or three one to, to liverpool yeah, okay. I mean, these are not West Ham's battles, I suppose. These games, although overall they have they have impressed me. Um, Gaz, we, we've got a podcast coming out on West Ham, and, and you know, and the rebuild post Declan Rice, um, which I'm excited to talk about next week um, and get out to the listeners. Last game of the weekend, a very very unlucky, hard done by Sheffield United, according to Paul Heckingbottom. Not my words, Gaz. They're at home to Newcastle United. Talks of Heckingbottom being replaced by former Blades boss Wilder. What do you make of that? No, I don't. I, I don't see that happening. Um, uh, but just going back to the game, mate. I think uh, you know against Newcastle and uh, sorry against against Tottenham the weekend. 
they played well against. Well, sorry, they made it really difficult for us. Um, I know, albeit because they're away. Are they going to play like that at home in front of their own home crowd? Not too sure. Um, but they're going to need to. They did against City. They did yeah, against Man City. Are they going to do it against Newcastle or are they going to have a bit of a go? I don't know. Um, it is a evening evening kickoff, isn't it? Um, I think you know an evening kickoff always has a bit more spice. So uh, I'm going to put them down for a draw. I reckon they're going to get to get something against Newcastle. So I'm going to put them down for like a like a one-one draw. Steve, before I come to you, I mean the Sheffield United fans that have reached out to us on the podcast we've done seem to love Hicking Bottom. So I see a backlash. Only if Wilder ends up back there, they they were somewhat critical of him in the comments that I saw only buying British and, and, and whatever else. So I, I, I'd be surprised if, if, if Wilder replaces Hecking bottom. I don't think Hecking bottom's doing a bad job there at all, but Steve Newcastle, um, obviously champions league football during the week, any hangover expected at uh, Bramall lane this weekend? I think there could be a little one. I think that um, Newcastle have obviously got this big adventure going on with regards to, to Champions League football. I'm sure that Howe will probably try and rotate a little, although obviously he hasn't got the biggest of squads to rotate loads, but I'm sure he'll probably rotate a little. Um, something I did pick up on, and obviously we've said about, you know, Eddie Howe, is he doing a great job this season? You know, should he perhaps be one of the managers really under pressure? Obviously they got the win last weekend against Brentford. You know, I mean, if they can take Craig Paulson with them, Wherever they go as a referee, I'm sure that will do them the world of good. Uh, but <laughs> at this stage last season, they had only got six points. This season, after five games, they've got five points. And they have already played Liverpool, Man City and Villa. So actually, although we talked about them having a bit of a poor start, they've not had as bad a start as actually they perhaps could have. So actually, yeah, Chuck, Bright, Chuck Brighton in there as well. Brighton as well, yeah. So actually, when you look at it, they've actually played probably, you know, some decent teams. Against Sheffield United, I've got to go for a away win with with Newcastle's pace and power and their front, you know, the front sort of three or four that they've got. I'd like to see a Sheffield United win or a draw, but I just think Newcastle will just have too much for them. Um, their game was on Tuesday night. So they'll have plenty of time to recover for a Sunday fixture at 4.30. I think probably a 2-1 Newcastle win. Yeah, OK. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, they got a great result out in the, in the San Siro. I, I tend to agree, mate. They'll, uh, they should recover in, in enough time. It's a tricky place to go, though. Um, before we sort of round off and, uh, you know, let the listeners go on and, and get ready for their weekend beers, Graham Potter is a name on many people's lips and um, would be about to replace a manager under a lot of pressure in Sean Dyche. I think, you know, Sean Dyche had about four or five wins at Everton since he's been there. I, I, I've got a question, Rye, I'll come to you first. And this might not be Sean Dyche's fault with the mess of a club that Everton are, but are they actually any better under Sean Dyche? No, I don't think they are. I think they're still easy to beat, and that was a big part of Sean Dyche coming in because typically Burnley were tough to beat. Uh, I don't think they've improved at all. Again, similar to the pod on Wednesday, though, how much of that is down to the manager? 
and how much of that is down to the owners, I think we really need to factor that in because we're talking about a mess of a club. They're under so much pressure to stay in the league because they've got a stadium that they need to pay for and they need to be in the Premier League next yeah. season. Like, I, this is a year that you cannot go down if you're ever, and that's in itself huge pressure. Of the 20 Premier League clubs, Steve, do you think they are the one under the most pressure this season? Yeah, I think they are. And I think the other thing as well is Dyche hasn't reverted to what I would call type for him. Burnley were a very, very defensive, um, solid unit. They'd, they'd hit teams on the break um, with a bit of you know, pace and power up front with Ashley Barnes and, and, and Chris Wood and them sort of people. They, he can't seem to do that at Everton. And I don't know whether the Everton fans will, will allow him to do that. I think they've almost created their own problem in this because they've had managers there who have been like that and they don't want that. Their, their managers have been have been ousted because they've been playing some boring football. And actually, is that what Everton need to stay in the Premier League this season? They're not going to accept that the fans. They obviously want to they obviously want to be a Premier League club. But if somebody goes in there and just says, Right, we're gonna sit, I don't know, a, a three a three a, a three five two or a three five whatever it might be or four four two, they're not going to accept that. They want to they want to play attack and expansive football. And I think that's where Dyche is caught within between a rock and a hard place. The Graham Potter thing for me, that's just be a wrong person in the wrong club at this particular time. I just cannot see it happening. In all honesty, yeah, no. fair enough, Gaz. You live in that little house. The one that's right on the corner of the Gladys Street and with the blue front door. I've seen you there when the sky cameras fly over. But no, you know, look, in all seriousness, you know a lot of Evertonians. You spend your life with them. Um, they're worried, right? Big time. Big time, yeah. There was all doom and gloom. Uh, obviously, I take my boy up to, you know, with the training and all that stuff. And obviously, they're all blue noses up there. And uh, yeah, well, you know, big time. Um, I don't think I don't think uh, Potter's the answer. I think you, I think you're right, Steve. There, I, I just don't see Potter being the answer either. That's the thing. Um, I don't know, really. I, I worry for Everton. Really, I do. Uh, I just don't know what the answer is because, like I said, they just they look so disjointed, and like I said, they're not like a Bournemouth. They're not like a Burnley where, you know, they were difficult to beat. Then they're they just they're not one or the other. They're just like middling, and I think they're just gonna they're gonna struggle. They really are. Yeah, uh, Matt. In in a word, Potter or Deitch next in at United after Ten Hag? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, we look. I think Potter's a myth. You talk about Potch being a myth. Ryan's saying that Ten Hag's a myth. Potter's a myth. What's he ever done? What What has <sighs> he ever done? He's won in Sweden. Fuck me. If Ten Hag's a myth for winning, you know, league trophies and everything like that in, in the air of then Jesus Christ, Potter's a myth. He's got a terrible win percentage. His win percentage with Brighton was worse than it was at Chelsea. And his time at Chelsea was a disaster. He's not going to do anything for Everton if he goes in there. I also don't see a managerial change unless there is a change of ownership. And I, I think that's going to take ages to go through if it does go through. I just reckon, as I've said before, Everton are going down. doesn't matter who they got in charge. Yeah, mate, I, yeah. Our podcast on Everton says much the same. It, it's a mess of a football club and it's struggling and it's on its knees. And it's a shame because, you know, it's a, a very historical club in the Premier League. But like others, 
like your club, um, Ryan Villa, you know, they've gone before Man City and now, you know, champion season, season out, they've been all the way down and back up again. And maybe it's whatever and need as, as hard as that is to say, maybe it is what they need. There's so much dead wood. It's just, if that stadium wasn't being built, maybe they could handle it. I'd worry about them from a financial fair play point of view as well. If they go down, where are they sitting with that? Because there's so many clubs like Wolves and whatever that are scooting around that black and red line. Everton are in a world of problems. Yeah, they need. I, I think they need a reset. And that's what happened with us when we went down. The problem is, and it was mentioned again on Wednesday, how long is it going to take for them to get back if they do? Are they available? Because, they are leads. Like these potential owners, they have a shocking record of of managing football clubs or being the custodians of football clubs. And I would not want to be an Everton fan with them in charge in the championship. I agree with you fully, Steve. I don't. I don't think that Potter is the answer. I do think that Dyche is trying. To, he's caught between a rock and, rock and a hard place where they don't have the team to play how the fans want them to play but he's too scared to play his own way because Allardyce did it, got decent results, and they got him out, didn't want him. And he kept them up comfortably. I think it's the last time that they stayed up comfortably was under him. Yeah, Big Sam is, is almost like pick up the phone and get Big Sam in it, like the old Batman sign up in the air. There's a big face of Big Sam somewhere over Goodison Park. I saw a United one. I, I honestly saw a thing of... Hit uh, Big Sam behind United glass today. Get Big Sam in at United. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, Big Sam is probably the man that could save Everton. But, you know, Everton fans, unfortunately, some of them don't realise the position that they're in or they don't want to accept it, maybe. Um, boys, before we round off this week, I actually have the Footy Social Club's first ever apology going out. And the apology is on behalf of Ryan, Gaz and Steve, who gave out some of the world's worst bets at the weekend. <laughs> I get it in the neck from people because people have lumped money on it. So um, I said, look, if they all lose again this week, they'll be sure to pay you back themselves. Um, it, in all seriousness, it went out last week. There's a few people that definitely used it. Um, didn't quite work. That's, you know, the part of gambling. So, you know, only bet with what you can afford. But we'll be doing it every week. Gaz will be trying to win your pints and Chinese. Um, Ryan will only smile. Indian this week? Yeah. Indian this week. Okay, right. Ryan will only smile if his bets come in. And, uh, you know, Steve, mate, put your glasses back on for this one's bet, mate, because uh, Christ knows what you're looking at in your Desmond double in that one. But they'll be coming out every week. Hopefully next week I won't have to apologise. I watched to see if any of you were actually going to win, and I'm glad I put no money on it. I was close. I, the, one I, the one I didn't post, the one. Close. 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 Where's that dog coming from? <laughs> so, look, um, good luck to all your teams this weekend. Um, set to be some crackers. Gaz, I can't wait for the, the North London derby this weekend. I, I really, really can't. Um, enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you on Wednesday's podcast next week. You know, if I can ask you guys to like and subscribe, check out all our other videos. As I said, you know, there's Liverpool now out as well, and Wednesday's podcast out if you haven't come across that one as well. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. <laughs>